I will tell you this. Uh, this Wednesday night, I'll be coming, starting to come back. I've just kind of taken a break with, you know, the surgery and all that kind of stuff. And, and uh, I'll be back Wednesday night to participate in, in, the, in our Wednesday night meeting. I've, I've missed it and I've enjoyed it. I think it's a great time. And uh, so I'll be back with you guys uh, sitting and learning, not leading. Joel... Oh, amen. Amen. You'd rather be not just sit. I'm glad she's clapping because I'm not leading. I'm sitting. Okay. And uh, but we're, we're, we're doing something today that I know that that we're, Yahweh is taking us and I'm believing and I'm speaking that every seed that we have sown, that we can get a hundredfold return on it. Now, I know, and again, I always want to say this because people get so repulsed at that, you know. I, I'm not, you know, I don't use that just, that's not a, a, a fundraising tactic. That's a, a blessing from God tactic. And I, I think that if a watermelon can give, uh, uh, what, 260 seeds per watermelon per seed, and that's not even counting all the watermelons on the vine, and a corn is, I think, 680 kernels or something like that, the numbers may be off, but the principle is the same. Then why would I ask God to give me any less of, any less of my seed than a watermelon or, or a piece of corn has? I would be dumb to do that. Hey, Lord, just give me corn on the cob faith. Give me some watermelon faith. So, I mean, it's so powerful that when you eat watermelons, how many of you know that their watermelon seeds are so powerful that you'll spit the seeds out? Or better than that, you get mad if there's a seed in there. That's an abundance of seed when you get so mad you got too much seed, you don't want it. This morning, I pray that every bill of yours is paid, that every need is met, every debt is removed, and that you have more than enough. Amen. Yes. That's, why, that's, where, that's where I want to live. That's where I want to live. And I am the one that's going to determine that. Now, I've taught you last week that Yeshua became poor, that we might become rich. And I know people don't like that word either, but I'm just telling you what the Bible says. I'm going to go with the Bible. How about you? I want to say a few things before I get in my message, and, and that is how places are special. Yahweh cares about places. That's why I'm here. Not, not only that I'm in love with y'all, and I'm, I don't want to ever leave any of you guys or anything like that, but... But uh, it's, a play, it's the place that he's delivering all my stuff. I, I, hate, I don't hate anything worse than when Amazon sends stuff to the wrong address. Debbie and I, about a couple of years ago maybe, we ordered some groceries from Publix and we never got them. Well, they put them, gave them to Gail and Irwin. And they didn't even tell us. They were just over a munch and we walked in. They were, had their heads in the bag and we just had food all over them. Don't you hate it when Amazon takes your goods and delivers it to somebody else's house? Huh? There's nothing more frustrating to me. Well, this is where, if you are joined to me into this house, this is where, this is where you get your stuff. He divinely appoints specific things to happen at chosen locations. And I've been, as I've been praying and, and letting this word from him which is an old word, really. It's something I laid years ago. I learned this word, the second foundational principle. started learning it when I was about 20 years old, about faith and 
those kind of things. And so as Yahweh is, is renewing us in this kind of thing, this is what y'all, you know, when I'm talking about harvest, you know, when I'm talking about planning, this is something Yahweh spoke to me this week. He said, the greatest harvest comes when you plant yourself. Decide who the man of God is and, and where the ecclesia in your life is. Get joined to him. Let your roots go deep. Stay in that place. Stay in that location. And it's where, it's where your blessing will be delivered to you. We have to stop abandoning the seed that we've planted in the field that God's called us to. We were always pulling up roots. And that don't even have to be a physical move. It can be an emotional move or heart move. I love the song that we used to sing when I was a kid. I shall not be, I shall not be moved. Just like a tree that's planted by the water. And it says that that, that tree will bring forth its fruit in due season. And as we learn about a seed, we have to understand that even Yahshua the Messiah began in the beginning. He was a seed. Do you know that everybody here, that you were a seed at one time? In Galatians 3.16, this is a scripture that says this. Now the promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seed. So you can speak promises to seeds. The only way that Yahshua ever even existed was because somebody prophesied it. They spoke it. If they hadn't prophesied and spoke, prophecy wasn't just the foretelling of what was coming. It was the, the very uh, uh, means by vehicle by which it would come. So if you want your seed to develop, you've got to speak the promises all over the seed that you have sown. But I think a lot of people abandon I want to tell you what, I thank Yahweh today, and I praise Him today, because I know He's going to bless me with a sweet return for the bitter tears that I have cried. Because a lot of the things that I have sown is out of sorrow. There's a lot of things that I have sown out of hurt or out of worry or for my children or for my finances or for other people or whatever it may be, where fear would come. I like because I know I'm going to be blessed in, in return. Those bitter things will become sweet when my harvest is here. I've sown in tears, but the Bible psalmist said, but I know I will reap in joy. Hallelujah. And I know that my mouth will be filled with laughter and my tongue with singing because at harvest time, I will come rejoicing. Doing what? Bringing in the sheaves. Bringing in the sheaves. There's another old song. We shall come rejoicing. That's our harvest. When our harvest comes, we will come rejoicing. Our mouth will be filled with laughter. Our tongues will sing. And as we bring in the bounty of the harvest of the seeds that we have planted, even though we may have sown them in tears, you've got to start believing. You've got to start receiving. You've got to start speaking to that for the return that you sow. And you have to learn how to start speaking, not mumbling, not just thinking, but speaking out loud with all the faith in your heart. When we say this, every bill is paid, every needs met, every debt is removed, and more, have, have not, more enough to left over. That's something we should proclaim and not hesitate or doubt or be afraid to just say it out loud. Just like when you say, hey, bless me, Lord. 
There's people who are going to misunderstand you and they're going to think, you got to quit worrying about what other people think. There's not a person I know who would be honest that don't want to be blessed. I just don't think I want to be blessed, Johnny. I've never heard anybody tell me that, ever. Remember, I've been teaching you about faith. I've been talking about the three t- things that faith is in the Bible. Number one, it's being faithful. Faithfulness. You know, it's being faithful, dependable, reliable. In house number one, two, and number three. Faith is a set of beliefs. It's called, I call it the faith because that's what the Bible calls it. And then there's a faith that is a certainty of things that you can't see. And I know a lot of people who think they're logical and reasonable and they can't buy into believing for something you can't see. They say that because they do it every day. Well, I'm going to be, I'm real. I hear people tell me this. I'm real. I don't, I ain't buying into that. I can't see it. I don't believe it. I know. And that's what we got to change. Because everything that God has for you and everything that God does begins with something that you can't see. You hear me? You can't see it. And by that faith and belief that we learn how to speak the words that are in our heart of what we truly believe, you, then you can move your mountain. We're always asking Yahweh to do this and to do that and do the other. And he's like, man, I've given you the books and sent you to school Now you move the mountain. You, and by your faith, and by your words, the spoken word of faith, which is a form of prayer, just like praise is. If you're joining me in your ecclesia in this house, and you really believe what I've been teaching you, I want to tell you this. You have have been given the ability to move mountains mountains in your life. You have the ability. You have the ability. The Bible says this. All things are possible to him that believeth. That is a, what a wonderful, beautiful, powerful scripture, if we could believe it. All things are possible. All things are possible. Are we going to stay down here and, and live below what we say our religion is? I mean, that's baby stuff. How do we do it? It's like the man who said, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. We've got to start learning to stop speaking about our mountain. And we've got to start speaking to our mountain. Yahweh spoke another thing to me this week, and I, I put a lot of this stuff on Facebook. It, it's a good record for me, but also I hope it inspires and sparks something in others. And this is what I, a prayer that I've started praying that I wanted to share with people, so maybe I can get them to say it. And I prayed, Yahweh, I pray that you will awaken every seed that I have ever sown. Amen. That's a good prayer. Will you awaken? Why do, I, why do you say that, Johnny? Because see, what a seed has to do is it has to be go into the earth and be buried and die. And then it's resurrected. Does that sound familiar? Huh? That's, that's, a, that's the fifth, uh, fifth foundational principle. Resurrection from the dead. And Yahweh showed it to us in, in, in nature. You've got to bury that thing. It's got to die. Then it comes up in newness of life. And then I thought again. I said, man, I should have put on there to some people. Um, Yahweh awaken all the good seeds I have ever planted. <laughs> you know, so I, you know so I, I thought about that. I was okay, okay. Uh, uh, don't awaken that seed. Let that thing stay dead. Amen? And so, awaken the seed, awaken the seed, awaken the seed. And this is what he said to me. No. You awaken the seed. 
your seed. So how do I do that? Well, how do you wake somebody up, Johnny? One of the things I used to hate, Joel will be testi he'll testify to this. Every day, I'll be in like the 11th, 12th grade, 10th grade at school. My mama would yell from the other bedroom, get up, get up, get up, get up. She didn't whisper it. She didn't think, I want Johnny to get up. She'd yell it to me. She would yell it. How do you waken something? How, 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 how are the dead in Christ going to be awakened? Anybody ever thought about it? How do you awaken the dead in Christ? Anybody ever read the Bible and find out what's going to wake us up if we're dead? There's going to be a shout at the last trump. Excuse me. It's going to be such a shout. I'm afraid it's going to be the words my mama used. Johnny, get up! <laughs> Hated that. But that word is going to, it's going to be a shout that wakes up people. Let me tell you a quick little story. Years ago, when I first, when Bevy first agreed to marry me, <laughs> that and a big dowry to her daddy, things like that, and I promised her all this stuff, but we went to a little church in West Florida, outside of Milton, Florida, which is outside of Pensacola, Florida. So it's where it's the home of Bubba Watson, the golfer, and the other the other golfer guy, Baghdad, Florida. I promise you, I thought that they were going to send a flying carpet to come get us, and I was going to be wearing those little shoes that curled up. Baghdad, you get it? Some of y'all don't even get that anymore, I guess. And so in Baghdad, we went there and we became youth pastors of this church, and. Every Thursday morning, this was, this was a little country church kind of, and man, you know, there was a lady there, and she had three daughters, and she had two sisters. So there was a woman, their mother, the matriarch was Granny Smith. Granny Smith had three daughters, and these women had daughters, but this particular one that went to our church had three daughters. And every Thursday, they would all go to Granny Smith's house, and they would have breakfast. And they invited me to come if I brought my guitar. I said, that's a deal. I'm talking about Joel, country bacon. I'm talking about country cat head biscuits, sausage gravy. I mean, they had everything in there. And they had coffee that was so hot you had to saucer and blow it. No, y'all younguns. And so they had this carport attached to their house that they enclosed. And they had a quilt in there. And all the women would go in there. And they would be quilting after breakfast. So I took my guitar in there and I went and sat down next to Granny Smith, who hadn't spoken intelligibly in over three years. And so I got my guitar and went in there and I started singing to her and trying to minister to her, you know, or whatever. Really, I was really doing it very much so I could, because I, they just fed me breakfast. And in the middle of me singing, all them women were on that, car, that big uh, blanket they were making that was set up on this frame thing. Granny Smith looked at me and said, Wake up, my people! Wake up, my people! She began to prophesy the book of Ezekiel, chapter 33. And that's what she was telling me. Well, at the time, I, I got it. It moved me deeply. And her, her, her family couldn't believe it because she hadn't said anything intelligibly in three and a half years. And what she said was very concise and it was very clear. And I embraced it. I believed it was from God to me. So what did I do? I went and got me some cards made up, Wake Up Ministries. I went and got me and wrote me a song, Wake Up Christian. 
Some of you have endured that before. I want to tell you that because I believe that, you know, as I would begin to search, wake up, what does that mean? I searched the whole Bible. I learned about, a, I read a book by a man named George Whitfield who was called The Great Awakener. You know, he, it was a big old thick book. And, and uh, during that time, I was, you know, what is my part? What is this? What is that? Histor- history, I was trying to learn everything I could learn to, so I could maybe find what Yahweh was saying to me through some of those things. And I do believe this. I do believe that Yahweh has called me to, number one, awaken people to the true gospel. That's number one. And number two, I believe that he wants me to help you learn how to awaken the seed that you've sown. And there may be other kind of things awaken too. You know, he, he wanted me to uh, not sleep in no more and just awake earlier. I mean, who knows what it all means? But I do know that those two things are important. And today, I can stand here and tell you that I believe I've done my share of waking up people to the true gospel. And I know that many of you have awakened to the reality of that. Today, likewise, like I said last week, man, I want y'all to go with me on this one. Look, you've already gone, you've already admitted all the things that the true gospel says. I mean, this is going to be a piece of cake compared to telling other people what you do or don't believe. Pride and unbelief is going to get in people's way because what we're going to say and what we're learning is going to go against logic and experience. So, I have two things I want to say this morning. I'll probably only get to one. There's a lot of things that people used to have to believe by faith. But the fact is, you really don't have to have faith anymore because science has proven it. A lot of things I told people about the scriptures, you know, a lot of people, when I show them in the Bible, the scriptures, and they look in history, they can Google it and see I'm right. It don't really take faith to believe that because the fact is you can find out that other people have proven it and it's a fact. And it makes it easier to believe and it makes us more comfortable with saying, hey, just Google it when we're trying to convince others. What you're really saying is I ain't the only stupid guy. I mean, there's more stupid people like me around and misery loves company sometimes. When I was a young man at 20 years old, when I first heard the teaching about faith and confession and speaking faith, it took a lot of faith for me to try to believe that I could have what I said. And I learned about Christian science, you know, and how their confession is. And I learned about a lot of things and that were wrong and the bad aspect of what people were saying about it didn't work or, or, you know, how it was misconstrued or taken to consume it upon their own lust. All those things, but the fact remained that the Bible said and Yahshua said that I could have what I say. If it wasn't in the plainly written in the Bible, I too would have said, hey, that concept is something that I should consider as to be crazy. But I'll tell you what. At the time, I had a big Bible, and it was a red-letter edition. And there it was in Mark eleven twenty-three, 23, where Yahshua spoke in red letters. And this is what he said, For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say to that mountain, Be removed, and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. My God. That scripture gripped, gripped a hold of me. And I tell you what, I would, if it was only true. That's how I used to say, if that was only true, Joel, if that, if that was only true, how wonderful it would be. Anybody agree with that? But if you look at it from just a surface level, you know, and experiential level, 
It would seem like a ridiculous statement. How, how in the world can spoken words send a mountain into the sea? Little did I realize that my life was a result of what I had spoken and I didn't even know it. And I was who I was because of words that were spoken over me, to me, or what I said to myself in internal dialogue and things. It's really required me to have faith on my part to believe that my words are powerful. I realize that my words are powerful at a certain level of saying nice things to people or saying ugly things to people and how it affects them and how it affects me. When I, about 15 years ago, when I first started looking for the true gospel, I looked everywhere, man. I mean, I looked through the Quran. I looked, I looked through the Baha'i faith. I knew Roman Catholicism enough to know that because they basically, that's what we, my denomination believed that with a few small things that they differed. I began to look at all kinds of stuff. I've studied communism, socialism, Marxism. I studied quantum physics and parallel universes. I was looking for something that was true. And I found out that the only true thing that was real to me was the Bible. I even, I even tr tried to look into Hinduism. I looked into Buddhism. I learned a lot about Buddhism. And Buddhism is just basically the teachings of Yeshua, you know, uh, being nice to people and stuff. I mean, they have a lot deep. It's a lot deeper than that, of course. Very, a very peaceful uh, religion overall. I started looking into Hinduism. Dang, um, I can't remember all the names of all the gods and stuff they have, man. I'm telling you, it was like it's like you know, and and I, to think that a cow was my grandma who'd come back, and that you couldn't kill a rat. I mean, I was I wasn't in it. I kind of wasn't into the reincarnation thing. One of the things that I learned a lot in was quantum physics. And what it did is it convinced me that what Yahshua said in the scriptures, in scriptures like Mark eleven twenty three, 23, was true. Yahshua said this. He said, if you have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, you would say, he goes on to say, and as a grain of a mustard seed, you know, the reason, the way I always believed it and taught it was it was a small seed and it would develop and grow into a large bush that the fowls of the air would come. And, I, you know, I have a great message on that, great teaching. But I want to tell you something. When it comes to faith and believing God and speaking to things, I believe that what Yahshua did is that he really didn't have the knowledge or, or he, I, I don't want to say he didn't have the knowledge, but I know that he was learning. But he didn't use the terminology as I would use today. I wouldn't say molecule. I mean, he wouldn't say that. He wouldn't say atoms. What I think he was saying, he said, if you have faith that's as small, so small that you can't even see it, the thing. If you had the faith as of an atom... Or even smaller, which I know this, and, you know, I like to impress people about knowing what a quark is. Anybody know what quark is? They said, yeah, you're quite quarky. A quark is a subatomic particle that is so small that it can't be divided anymore. It's the smallest of small things. He's making this point that small things cannot easily be seen, can manifest, and affect big things. That these small things that can't be seen, that we can't see with the eye. How many of you know what COVID-19 is? I didn't see it. 
but it affected me. Hello? We don't have no problem believing that. We'll even wear a mask or stay away from people to avoid something, listen to me, that we can't see. And I'm saying that's dumb to do that or not dumb to do that. What I'm saying is it's a fact that there are things that we cannot see that affect things that are larger in the world where we live today, in our world. I want you to go to uh, Hebrews 11.3, or as most of you do, just write it down. And I want you to hear what I'm going to say to you today. It says, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. Do you all hear what I said? How was the world's frame? God spoke. That's what He does. And it goes on to say, it says, so that things which are seen were made of things, watch, which do appear, do not appear. Everything in the earth, I mean, in the world, this, this, everything that's made comes from the earth. Did you know that? And the earth is really made of things which, which don't appear. i got to tell you this. The, if you had a Diet Coke yesterday, that, what Diet Coke that you drank yesterday was made from things that you can't see, that do not appear. How do I know that? Because I know that H2O is in that bottle of Coke. And, bottle of, and before the hydrogen and the oxygen that's combined in that water, you could not see anything, yet the substance and the ability and what you needed to make water was there, even though you couldn't see it. So faith became something that wasn't quite that hard for me because it's something that everybody knows. Science has proved that, that we, speak, we can speak of those things that be not as though they were because they are, even if we can't see it. I'm going to tell you something about God. God does not have a bippity-boppity-boo wand. When Yahshua was here, he didn't have, well, he's God in what he can do. He just does like a magical thing. He can, he, he's a miracle worker by some magical thing. Nope. God ain't magic, and he don't do miracles by magic. He does them by laws, principles. He don't break his own laws to do anything. When he spoke and said, let there be light, guess what? It didn't just say all of a sudden, boom, light. But the substance... For light was there. Now, if we go to the, when, you know, it, it's hard to grasp this in the sense for me, because God never, there was no beginning with God, so where did the substance come from that made this, that, was, that is unseen, that makes things that are seen? Well, we know Yahweh created that, and he did that by words. Because the word is God. Did y'all know that? In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was what? God. The word is God. The Word is God, and He puts it higher than His name. The sound vibrations of word, His words cause the substance to manifest and appear. And there's a lot of science on that. I don't want to get into all that. I don't really understand it all. I don't need to understand it because my faith in God and His Word overrides what science has proven. But I know a lot of people, it's going to help them to see how God works. Our words, God's word, people's words, are a form of energy. Now, there's five forms of energy. I don't want to get into all that today. Some people say there's seven. I don't want to get into that today. But what we speak in is energy. And energy that affects matter. How many of you ever, how many of you got a microwave at home? Oh, yeah, you do. Oh, yeah, you do. What's for dinner, honey? Whatever you want to stick in that microwave. Not at my house, though. My wife don't do that. She just says, oh, whatever you're going to cook, fix for you. No, I'm kidding. You put 
microwave, you're something in that microwave, and what it does, that energy of it vibrates the water and the, the molecules in the water, the water molecules, and guess what? It causes it to do this and generates heat. And buddy, it don't take long to burn your tongue. The electricity that flows to our washing machines and powers the motor that spins the tub that cleans your clothes is energy. I pay every month to a company called Duke Energy. So in the natural realm, it should be easy for us to understand the principle that, uh, that energy affects matter. When we speak words, and I've learned a lot and I've studied a lot about sound waves because I'm a musician and because of all the sound things and all. And I understand how, basically, anyhow, how this operates and how it works. Those words and those are vibrations of energy. And those vibrations of energy can affect the atoms that make things up. Now, y'all hang on with me, okay? Dr. Von Snellgrove here. Hang on with me. All right? This is baby stuff. You learned this in high school. Now, according to Yeshua, if I speak those words long enough, forceful enough, consistent enough, believing enough, then he said, y'all ready, ready to see this? That the thing I'm speaking to will obey me. Have I gone crazy? Am I out of my mind? No, I'm out of your mind. I won't tell you what Yahshua said. He said you can speak to the mountain, and the mountain will obey him. He said it would obey us. Now, is Yahshua a liar? If he is, let's just go home. I don't think he is. I don't think the Bible and the scriptures are the problem. I think we're the problem. And you may not need that kind of faith right now, but one day you probably will when the doctor says something to you, or you're laying there and they say you got a chance to die, or you're broke, or your kid's sick, or what. Y'all know what I'm saying? I have read in somewhat, in somewhat of depth, but not expert level or anything all, at all. But scientists perform experiments with these atoms and their subatomic particles, which are like, remember in school, you got the, little, you got the atom, then you got the little electrons and protons spinning around it. Seen that thing in school, if you paid attention, if you didn't, uh, that's what it is. What interested me was that these electrons orbiting around the nucleus of the atom existed really in a, in a form of maybe a cloud-looking thing. And that these scientists were saying that they reacted to people, different people who looked at them. That these electrons reacted different and responded different Depending on who was looking at it. One guy will look at it and say, what's this? Another guy will look at it and say, it was that? And so I'm, I'm asking myself, why is it different for every scientist that looks there? Is it a perspective he has? Is it an eye problem? It, could it be that it could have been according to what he believed? All right, this is just me talking about in my mind trying to figure it out, okay? What I'm trying to say to you today is that your Bible teaches and your Lord said that we should believe that all matter will respond to faith and words. Because ultimately, the very earth that you live on today was created by something that was affected 
and responded to words. And it was fo without form and void, and it became something. Are y'all hearing me of this? Are y'all with me? All right, hang on with me now. The things that I have desire of are made out of molecules and atoms. Everything I have desire of. Anybody have a desire of something? There's nothing I really have a desire of. I'm talking about material things. There's some things that are immaterial that affect, but it affects the material. You know, well, Johnny, what about relationships? Well, let me tell you about relationships. Relationships can make you sick. Yeah, but what about uh, disease, Johnny? Well, yeah, you, you see what I'm saying? There, there has, there, it has, it's matter, and it does matter. So evidently, according to what Yahshua says, that you can speak to a mountain... He spoke to a fig tree. He spoke to the wind. He spoke to the waves. And evidently, they could hear him. And it wasn't because he had a magical wand and said, boom, boom. It was because he operated the same way because he said, even we can do it if we had faith. Are y'all with me in this? All right, I'm trying hard. I'm trying to put this on a, a terminology that's in a... Not scientific, because I'm not a scientist. I told you the other day how, how words can charge the atmosphere. And you know that. You can walk into a room where there's negative vibes, if you want to call it that, where people have been arguing. And you can walk in there and you can say this, what? You know, you know it ain't right in there. You know something's wrong. You walk in on them. You can sit on their face. You can feel it in the atmosphere. Same way when things, people are happy, you say, what, what, what? Tell me, tell me. So the thoughts and the beliefs and the things that we say carry, that we carry produce energy around us. You ever been angry before and you say something and you walk out of the room and you trip and stub your toe on something and all that, how it creates this stuff, you know. It, all of a sudden now this energy and, and then other people are now insulting you because of what you said. Because what you said affected their, this matter here. Those words were empower, have empowered, and they were energy, and they were able to, change, to charge the atmosphere and even change. People can receive and react to the energy that our thoughts and beliefs say, sometimes through just a look. If you say, man, nobody likes me, I'm worthless, and all that, then what happened is you're going to... You're, you're, putting off this rejection type of energy, and you, what you really do is you're going to cause people to reject you. I think everybody has come to the conclusion in our society today that understands that principle. Some people call it the law of draw. You know, if you want, to, you want people to be nice to you, you be nice to them. That's just the law of reciprocity, if you ask me. But the fact is, if you love people and you care about people, they're going to feel that and they're going to be drawn to you. Hello, who wants to be around people that are negative about you? I don't. Why? Because their words affect my atomic structure, my cellular structure, which I found out that this is, I'm not the same person I was when I was born because you're, you go, you're, you change, uh, you have all new cells like every seven years or something like that. I forget what it is. I've been adding cells evidently. You know how it is when you're around somebody who's pleasant and full of love? And you can feel it, man. You can feel that energy. It's a drawing card for good in your life because God is love. And that love that we have will emanate. And that energy of love will go and it will affect 
the very molecular atomic structure of those little electrons that are floating around because they were created by words. Guys, I got some good news for you today. Can I tell you? There's an infinite supply of substance waiting to be manifested in your life according to your beliefs and your words. It's like the guy I told you about the other week. Found in an abandoned apartment building in Chicago. Died of starvation. And when they recovered his body, he had a money bill with $88,000 in it. He had the provision. All he had to do, go to McDonald's. You can get something at McDonald's for 88000 But he didn't access it. When you finally believe that Yahweh loves you and that he wants you to prosper, that's when you're going to change your words and your belief about money. When I say money, I'm talking about provision. I'm talking about your seed. See, provision to me and money, money uh, is, answers all things. But the fact is, money ain't going to make you happy. But we, we shouldn't have to be worrying about money. We should have that behind us, have plenty left over, so we can do what God's called us to do. The Bible calls it every charitable work. But because I used the thing that God, that Yahshua became poor that we might be rich, I'm going to talk about the money. Because a lot of people don't want to talk about the money because they have a poverty mentality. And they don't think they deserve to be rich. And I told somebody this. When I say rich, y'all know what I'm saying. I'm saying what the Bible said. It's to have plenty. It's to be rich is what it says. That's what the Greek word means. And that goes against the grain of a lot of people I know. Because this is what a guy told me. And I'm going to tell you this again. One of the most selfish things I've ever heard anybody say in my life is, Brother Johnny, I'm just perfectly happy that God is just providing just enough for me and my family. I said, sir, you're one of the most, you're one of the most uh, selfish people I've ever met in my life. What do you mean? I said, because you're not supposed to be getting money just to have enough for you. God's got other people. He wants to bless you so you can be a blessing to other people. There's nothing better. Hardly that I know of is to have enough money to get a person out of their crisis. It's more blessed to give and receive. Hey, don't worry about it. I'll take care of that for you. Don't boy, you, It's like taking a million pounds off that person's shoulders. You know how I know that? Because people have done it for me before. People have done it for me before. That dog with that brown paper bag filled with the money comes up around through my yard all the time. Because I'll take it from anybody. Won't you? Some people can't help but just give to me. You know why? Because I've awakened seed. And I've done it by speaking. Now listen to this. Most people have an impoverty mentality based out of something somebody said to them. You're good for nothing. You're this. Or they treated them a way that made them feel that way. And they've grown up their whole life with this thing in them. And they never really grasp the fact that Yahweh loves them. And that it is His good pleasure to not withhold anything from good thing from them that walk uprightly. Can y'all hear me today? I'm talking about not anything. You, you won't withhold anything if we can believe that. But most of us believe it. We're just not worth it. This is going bad in my life. That goes bad. The kid did that. And husband and wife did that. And the job did that. And, and we haven't learned that the power to change the very structure of matter is in our power. Otherwise, y'all, she was a liar. What did he say? He said, nothing is impossible. Y'all going to believe this today? 
Uncross your arms. If you've got your arms, you're okay, Jim. You're okay. He's just resting. I don't know. No, you're not okay. No. You know, we get this thing, man. You're like I was. Man, if that, if that verse was just true. <laughs> Wouldn't it be wonderful if it was true? Don't lie to me. And when financial challenge comes to us, people say this. They fall into fear. They're filled of fa- fear of failure. They're filled with pe- fear of people. And they begin to say things like, now we'll never be able to do that. Now we're never going to pay our car off. What are we going to do our house? Or whatever. The spear- fear and speaking of it is an energy. And I will tell you, it will affect something in their, your life that is made of matter. The atomic structure that created the, by which the... The things of the world and the earth and the universe we created, that structure became what it is because of a spoken word. Y'all do believe that, don't you? That he spoke and all the worlds came into order. He created by saying and speaking, let there be. So why wouldn't an atom that was created and the thing that it is involved in, the creation is involved in, that was created by a spoken word, why wouldn't a spoken word affect it? That just makes common sense to me. If he was raised speaking Spanish, why wouldn't he respond to Spanish? A dog has an instinct. He's raised with that instinct. And when that instinct is aroused, he responds to it. I believe... The opposite, too, when fear, you start speaking that stuff and you begin to say things like negative things. I'm going to tell you what that energy will do. It'll affect your checking account and it'll stop your financial freedom. Because any way you look at it, money is a seed. Why are you talking about money so much? Why do you you spend so many hours trying to get it? Isn't that fair? We spend most of our time trying to get money and people get mad at me for talking about it. For 20 minutes on Sunday. Okay, maybe a couple hours today. When I play golf, you know, a lot of guys tell me out there, that's preacher luck. I need some preacher luck. I'm going to need to start talking that up a little bit. You have to learn to think and believe what God says and say things like, you know, hey, all things work together for me. I may be going through it right now, but I know I'm going to speak the end result. Think God's going to abandon me? No, I'm going to awaken my seed. I'm going to speak what God says. I like to say, I don't agree with what God said. What God said, but He said that, that everything I do will prosper and I have abundance in the name of Yahshua because God loves me. He wants to bless me. Not to consume it upon your own lust because that's just the way it is. Yahweh ain't limited to the things that you and I see. We, we, we put our, our uh, eggs in the basket of what's just what we can see. Well, I tell you what, I'm looking here and it don't look like it's good. Well, you can't walk by faith. It's the third faith, remember? Number one, faith is being faithful. Being rooted and ground established. Faithful in ecclesia. Faithful in house number two. House number one. The other one is the faith. That what the true gospel preached by the apostles, the prophets, and the Lord himself. But number three is bringing those. It's the uh, substance of things hoped for. And it's the evidence of things. Say it. Can't see. This whole, this whole gospel's built on stuff you can't see. Listen to what listen, listen to this. Here's another gorgeous scripture. Matthew 21, 21 and 22. This is Yahshua talking. It's in red, nonetheless. Verily I say unto you, if you have faith and doubt not, 
You shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but also if you say to this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into sea. If you do what? If you say to this mountain, then he said, It shall be done. Now this is your Savior. This is sweet little Jesus here. Oh, we love him so much. He does all this stuff. This is what he said. And listen to what he said after that. And all things, whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing, ye shall receive. See, a lot of people, we don't believe. I can't get people to believe hardly the true gospel when I show them right in the Bible. They, I don't know, man. I don't know. Can I tell you something? Don't be like that. If I want to, I said this that you know the greatest, the greatest thing we can plant is when you plant yourself in the ecclesia for harvest. But don't get planted here and not listening and let me water you. You better accept this today. I'm telling you what the Bible says. And who's well? And and he said, you stay in the mountain, be thou removed, cast the seed. That's big enough. He said, in all things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing ye shall receive. I'm all over that. Y'all hear me? I'm all over that. Anybody all over that with me? Anybody want to be able to, anything you ask in prayer, if you believe, you can have whatever you said, you can receive it. Uh, does anybody even give a, oh, whatever? You're like I was when I was a kid. If it was only true. If it was only true. Well, it is. I said it is. I'm going to help you understand. I believe this. People don't always, but things will always obey words. People won't do it. I wish, I wish that people would. I wish people would, believe, would obey God and do the right thing instead of just saying halfway doing stuff. People get frustrated at me a lot of times for being too patient with people. You know why I'm patient with them? Because I'm speaking and I'm waiting and I'm going to keep speaking. Yeah, you shouldn't be so uh, long-suffering. And I'm like, well, isn't that a fruit of the Spirit? I just keep believing and keep speaking that it's going to change. And I don't quit and I don't give up. Even though people come at me, you should get rid of him. You should kick him out of the church. You can do that. What about him? You can't trust him. Blah, blah. I just keep believing and I keep speaking and I keep having the patience. And when she has her perfect work, I will be perfect and I want nothing. I'll have them. I've said that to myself. Don't forget. Things obey words. Things obey words. Well, if we're going to bring it down like I did this morning to a scientific atomic level, scientists believe that particles respond to people. Had that, that helped me in the natural settle some things that I had to just believe by not seeing. Just like the, the faith that we taught, that we teach about heaven, hell, and all that. You know, no, see it in the Bible, and then seeing where there's so many people, how other people that have believed this over the years. It had a significant effect on my faith. Mark eleven fourteen. 14, Yahshua spoke. He said to the fig tree, this is what he said, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. Let me tell you what happened. That daggum fig tree dried up. How? From the atomic level. From the molecular level. From the very thing that created it. He spoke and killed it with his words. He cursed that fig tree with his words. I said with his words. He didn't put Roundup on it. 
I read my Bible that Yahshua was in a storm one time and the winds were blowing hard and the waves were high and everybody was scared. So guess what he did? He got out the lifeboat and gave everybody a life jacket. No, guess what he did? He spoke to the wind. He spoke to the waves. Are we going to ever get it? Are y'all getting it now? How do you handle your problem? That's what Yahshua did. Yahshua didn't get his wand and abracadabra. Oh, God, help me! He spoke. He spoke. He spoke. So that makes me think. Listen to this. I don't think I'm going to get into the second part today, but, but listen to this. Yahshua spoke to trees. He spoke to wind. He spoke to the waves. He spoke to dead people. I said, Yahshua spoke to dead people. You talk about embarrassing. Faith is loud. When, we don't, when, we're, when we're just, we're not loud about it, that means we don't really believe it's got a chance of happening. I'll tell you what else is loud. Fear is loud. Help! He's teaching us the undeniable biblical principle that things that are created by the spoken word of God will obey the spoken word of God. If it's only true, that'd be great. He didn't do it just to prove he was the Son of God. He demonstrated it and he told his disciples this. And this is what, this is what gets me. You can do this too. Well, heck. Or whatever word you want to put in there. Wow. You can do it too. And I want it. He wants us to have that revelation that we have the power to speak to mountains in our lives and that mountain will do what we said because it was created by the spoken word and it can be affected by the spoken word. One of the reasons I think that some people have a hard time believing this principle is because of the age that we live in. And that is, we want everything right now. Sometimes it takes a long time for things to manifest from the unseen and to the seen. And let me tell you why. Because it's according to our faith. We have weak faith. We don't nurture our faith. We let the cares of life, the deceitful riches, and the lust of other things choke out the word. Then we, we you know, it's choking out the seed that, we're, that we've Asked Yahweh to awaken, and he told us, no, you awaken it. How? By speaking to it. Why? Because that's how it was created. So we have, we have, all, we have all this stuff that we want. We want, to be able to, we want to be able to own a house and have it paid for and two cars paid for and all that, and we're only 16. I don't know what your first car was, but mine was a 1964 Ford Fairlane 500 with a little 289 in it that my daddy said, son... Would you like me to buy you this car? I said, yeah. He, I, I wanted a 67 GTO that he had with a his and hers. And I made my mistake by letting my daddy ride in the car to test drive it. Because that 389 that was in that thing, that th my daddy said, you don't need this car, son. That car was $2,500. I got the $500 one. And my, I said, thanks, Dad, for I've still got all my heart, I guess. I said, thanks, Dad, for buying me this car. Come to find out it was my money that paid for it. Oh, my God. You're not, you're not going to get a Benz at 14. You know what I'm saying? You're not going to be able to have your house paid for when you're 20. 
But see, that's what we want. We want all the benefits now, something that we haven't even put a crop in. We want, we want a big harvest with, a little, with just two seeds in it. It takes time, and that's why faith. So guess what people do? They just give up on faith. They get disappointed. They have a hard time believing because it, it's not according to their experience. But it, it's not the truth that's wrong. It's that your experience is wrong. You didn't do it right. Especially when you keep digging up your seed every day to see if things happening yet. I believe in the principle that seed will produce in its time if you'll just leave it alone and just speak over it and be thankful for it and water it that way. I want you to ask yourself this question. Do I believe that the words I speak come to pass? you got to ask, we, we as a body have to ask ourselves that question. If we're going to be, I mean, this is the time that we're moving with the clouds, so to speak, that God is taking us. There's a special presence on this word right now. You, got, you need to get it now. You may say, I, I was telling somebody today, uh, I was talking to uh, Didi before church, and I said, you know, that guy right there, he needs an apostle in his life. He needs a spiritual father. He needs the house, the ecclesia that he can come to. And, and because he ain't going to grow if he don't. Wonderful guy. Love him. Known him for years and years and years. And I'm just hoping, I have a hope, that he comes for his sake. And we think there might be a chance, right? right? You've got to decide at this time. And as I said earlier about how you're always big on places. At if, if this place we get planted. At this time of harvest. We're gonna, we, we're, we can't keep rooting up everything. You know? We gotta, can't keep looking at it. Keep quit doubting God. Can't keep on doubting God. We got to determine. Do I believe what Johnny is saying this morning? That those things that were created by the spoken word of faith. It will be affected by the spoken word of faith. And it, they, were, that they will affect those things that are around me and whatever I say I can have. According to the faith. Faithfulness, the true gospel, and those things unseen. You need to start listening to what you're saying. And I guarantee you, you're probably cursing everything. I live like this. I don't have a checkbook anymore because I just don't need one. But I speak to that little Trojan soldier or whatever he is on my American Express card. Hey, hey, I curse this debt. I command you to be paid. And I don't care where the money comes from. You hear me? You really care if it's an insurance policy that somebody or, you know, what happens? And I want to tell you, I know people won't believe me about this. Let me tell you this story one time. I, was on, I used to be on TV and stuff, you know. And there was a lady that came on TV, and she was a prophetess, she said. And what she said was that the bank lost the title of her new Mercedes, and so uh, or they, they messed up, they they. The count said it was paid in full when it wasn't, and she got on TV and thanking God for it. I ain't talking about that. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. Cancel my debt. <laughs> no, you're think you're lying. But anyhow, but I got. I want to tell you this, and a lot of people don't believe it. That's why I don't talk about it much because they're not at a place of of their level, of their faith that they believe this. But I have had a checking account before that money was put in that account by somebody or something 
But it was way more than what it was supposed to be. Way more. I've seen that happen in my life. Don't limit God. Now, I'm going to tell you what God don't do. God don't just make up stuff. He don't print more money for you. But I can tell you that no matter how it came, once I saw the amount that was in there, I just praised God. I've had, I've had years ago, I'll tell you something a little smaller. I remember one time years ago, we lived in a little mobile home. Had a baby. Jonathan was born. And we had a washing machine. And it would get grease on all of our clothes. That ain't good. One day, uh, Bevy gets a phone call. Me, Bevy, I get a phone call from Bevy. She said, hey. She said, I just got a phone call from a guy at MacDuff Appliance said to come get our new washing machine. I said, huh? She said, yeah. I said, uh, she said, did you buy a new washing machine? I said, no. He said, well, come. He said to come get it. I said, well, go down there right now and get it before he changes his mind. <laughs> Can I tell you something? We came home before. We had hardly nothing. Guess what? Spoke to that checkbook. I spoke to our situation. I spoke. We came home one time. We had cases of baby food that was about up to there. True, honey? About up to the wall. Up the wall. We didn't have everybody baby food anymore. Because guess what? God, it's called the ram in the thicket. God will make a provision for you. But you know what? You've got to do your part. He said, look, do it the way I did it, Johnny. This is how I did it. How did I create things? I spoke it into existence. I spoke to the atoms. I spoke to the molecules. And they did what I said. And they'll do what you say, what I said. If somebody could just believe it. Don't go out to your car today and say, this is a Rolls Royce. This is a Rolls Royce. The principle may work, but I promise you, what you need to do is you need to start saying this. You need to go to church. You need to go to church. You need to start small. You need to start at something small. Start working. But I'm already, I speak over my children's lives every day. Every day. My job is when I get in my car, I begin to speak over the life of my children and my grandchildren and my wife and for healing and for my family and for this ecclesia. I speak the word of faith over them and over you. I don't wait for me to pray and ask God to do something for you. I do what he said I'm supposed to do. You do what I do. I even have the power to forgive sins. Did you know that? And so do you. If it's not a sin unto death. How about your children? What are you teaching them? What are you telling them? You remember the guy in our church? Once a month. See, ladies, men have their cycles too. Men, men have their cycles at the tenth of the month when all the bills come in. And that guy will get his whole family out in the living room. Oh, oh we're going to lose the house. We're not going to make it. We're going to do this. And poor kids were like, till after a while, guess what? They quit believing him. He lost all respect from his kids. When they got grown, guess what? They pretty much just didn't hang out anymore. Your, your children are going to obey your prophecies of failure and your prophecies of delinquency. They're responding to your words every day. We need to sp- learn how to speak the word of God to all that surrounds our lives. And if you really believe Yahshua's words, guess what you're going to start doing? You're going to start monitoring your thoughts and conversations because you are the one giving substance to your world through the words spoken by faith. God bless you. We're gone.
All right, I'm, I'm not going to be able to